It is so good to be here today. I'm telling you, no other place I would rather be than right here with you guys in the house. Are you glad to be here this morning? I mean it. We, uh, we got in late last night. We went hunting this week. Hunting, pronounce a G, hunting. I'm from Tennessee. We said hunting. We went hunting. Went hunting and uh, got in late last night. Had a blast. Any hunters in the house? Any hunters in the house? Hold it up. Hold it up. There you go. Look at this. Man, I'm telling you what, I, there's something about getting out in the woods and being still, because if you're not still, you're not going to kill any deer. And uh, so it's something about being still and knowing that he's God and looking at his creation and watching the sun come up and the sun go down and those squirrels chasing each other. I'm telling you, man, there was something, something about it. I am refreshed. I'm so thankful. I'm excited to be here today. I got a word from God for you. Are you ready today? Are you, you ready to listen to what God has for you today? Awesome. Well, listen, God is just uh, doing some amazing things. I'm, I'm proud of you guys. I want to brag on you because you guys have responded. You've responded to the word, and that's what it's all about. You know, as Jesus followers, we're not just to, you know, just, man, do another Bible study and, and do all this. And, and prayer is great. And Bible study is great. But when it comes down, it comes down to obedience. Are you doing it? So one preacher said, we, we, we don't need to know more. We just need to do more and, and do more as far as being obedient. And so we want to take what we hear and then we want to say, God, give me the courage to do it. That's a great prayer I heard once, and I try to pray it, and that is, Lord, give me the wisdom to know what to do, and give me the courage to do it. Give me the wisdom to know what to do, and then the courage to do it. And if you pray that prayer, God will give you the wisdom to do it. So today, we're in this series, I Love My Church, and we're talking about how that God, God wants the best for you. God has an incredible life for you. God has what we would call a destiny for you, a plan for you, a purpose for you. One of my favorite things to do is uh, when I give out an invite card, and, and we have them on the seats. Is that right? We, we have invite cards? So I got these new invite cards made, and uh, Matt helped me. Matt designed them, did a phenomenal job. We're so blessed to have Matt um, right here working, doing such a great job. And, and it's got John 3.16 on there, and it breaks it down where anyone, I don't care if a second grader, like my daughter was given the card. They could read it and say, I get it. Like, this is awesome. I get it. And then on the back is, is a, a, what we call a sinner's prayer, an invitation for people to respond to his invitation. And I love to give those cards out and tell people God has a plan for your life. You say, well, what if they don't believe? Well, did you always believe? You had a starting point too, didn't you? And so I love to do that. And I want to encourage you with these invite cards. Would you take them out real quick? And this is how I want to begin my message. Because part of God's plan for you is for you to be light to other people. Now, in hunting, I realized I needed a light. We got out there, and it was dark. When we were leaving the woods, like, you needed a flashlight. Yeah, and the Bible says, the scriptures tell us that God's word is a lamp to our feet. That means, like when I was in Missouri, and I'm trying to track the deer that I shot, and I'm seeing a drop of blood there, and I'm looking, 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 oh, there's a drop of blood, and I'm just following the blood. When I'm doing that, I'm, I'm tracking it. The light is helping me know where to go. And as Jesus followers, God wants to help us know where to go. And part of it 
as we get into the word, will show us that we're supposed to move towards people. You say, well, my life's jacked up. Yeah, so is mine. But I'm forgiven. Isn't that great? I'm not perfect. We all got a messed up story, don't we? But God will, God moves towards the mess. If you're perfect, have fun. You're going to be lonely. You're going to be lonely. God moves towards the mess. And, and part of us is, you know, in this whole series, I Love My Church, we're learning what God has to say about us and our finances because so much of our life depends on the foundation of our finances, doesn't it? You got to have money. So what do you do with it? Well, even more than that is moving towards people. So these cards, you got them in your hands, right? I, I didn't forget. I didn't get sidetracked. Take those cards out. Would you take them out? Take them out right there. Take them out. How many do you have? Someone tell me. Navar, go ahead and pull them out. Go ahead and take them out of the little baggie. Aren't those baggies cool? Take them out. Someone counted and stuffed those cards. Whoever did that, thank you. You're awesome. All right, hold them up. How many do you got? All right, remember last week you had the Uno cards and you spread them like Uno cards? Five. Here's what I want you to do. Do you have them up? I didn't see this side. I saw this. You got them up? Hold them up. Oh, this is an all skate. This is an all skate. Hold them up. This is an all skate. Get some cards in your hands. Here we go. Listen, here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you this week to invite five people. And you can put them down. Thank you. And, and ask God, God, reveal to me the five people you want me to invite to come. And here's the reason why. And then I'm going to preach my message. See, this was just all introduction. Here's, here's the reason. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. People say, well, I just don't have the faith. Well, the answer to that is not try to convince them they need faith. The answer to that is to get them around the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's the why behind those cards. You know, at the early gathering and the late gathering at Gulf Breeze, we have two. I don't think that's a secret. It's on our website. We have a 1030 gathering in Navarre. At every gathering, we're fishers of men. We're supposed to go out and we're supposed to compel those who don't know Jesus to come to God's house. To come why? So they can hear. Why? So they can have faith to receive the grace that God has for them. You feel like you've been to church yet? That's what God has for you. And I want to challenge you. Sometimes we come in, there's things in the seats, and it's in my way, and we stuff it under the seat. We forget about it. Don't forget about it. Because people's lives matter. White lives matter. Black lives matter. European lives matter. American lives matter. They all matter to God. And here's the cool thing. I'm going to get to the message, but I just got to get this off my chest. Here's the deal. You never know when you speak to someone how God has been prepping their heart. You can, you never know. You may think, oh, that, you, that wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin from, from a little throwback there. And that guy was so, you know, this person over there, they're more cold than Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they're never coming to God. You don't know what God was doing in their life yesterday. And you might be, if you're obedient, you might be the very person that invites them and gets to experience a divine appointment. Gets to experience a cosmic collision. So those invite cards are more than little pieces of paper. Those represent lives. And I want to go after them. And as we do that, as we do that as a church, you know what will happen? This community will continue to change for the better. 
Because how many know that Jesus is the answer? Jesus is the answer to the world's problems. Jesus is. Jesus is. Jesus is. And so let's just be distributors of grace. Can we do that? All right. So, you know, I would never have gone into the woods without my gun loaded because you get out of the truck. A deer might pop up right there. You're like, bam. Thank you, Lord. Right. I mean, wouldn't that be silly? You praying for the deer. Lord, send the deer my way. Oh, Jesus. And he's like, all right. And then you don't got the gun loaded. You better keep the gun loaded because you never know when an opportunity might arise. Keep those invite cards on you. Keep them in their car, in your car. Keep them in your vehicle. Keep them on you. And here's the last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to preach my message today. Um, one of the greatest ways for you and I when we hurt to feel better is to look at others. I know in my life when I've been down and out and hurting, struggling, and I think about everything that's overwhelming me. And there are people here today, you're overwhelmed. I want you to leave more overwhelmed. Only by God's grace, not your problems. Because then it's light. Then you got peace and it's good. And so the way is to don't look at yourself. Look up and then God will help you look out. But if you're looking at everything in here, you, you messed up. But you look up. God will fill you up, and then you look out, and you'll see people that really need Jesus. And there's no high like serving the most high. Are you with me today? All right. All right. That was just all right there. All right. Some of y'all looking at your clocks already. Dear God, that was a 10-minute introduction. I saw you. I'm just kidding. I was teasing. Man, aren't you thankful we can have fun at church? I'm thankful, man. I'm so thankful. So y'all had Thanksgiving meal. Is that right? Y'all come here, the volunteers. This was for the volunteers. We had, what did we call it? What, what was the phrase that pays? Volunteer Thanksgiving dinner. Boom, right there. You're so creative, man. That's awesome. I could think of it. Man. But you guys packed this place out. And if I'm not mistaken, we just got to be thankful for you because every volunteer matters. I'm sitting in the woods, and I'm thanking God for you. I'm thanking God for the people that serve here in Gulf Breeze, there in Navarre. Without you, listen, God doesn't have to use us, but he wants to. And when you volunteer, you kick it up another notch. If you're a volunteer, would you stand up right now? Would you stand up if, you're, if you volunteer here at Momentum Church? Let's put our hands together. I love my church because of you. Because of you, I love my church. Thank you. You can be seated. Oh, man, my heart is full. Well, last week we talked about that God must be first. Say, God must be first. God must be first. You know, Thanksgiving's coming this week. And uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, we, we passed out some turkeys. Through your generosity and our partnership with Hungry for a Day, we gave out how many turkeys? 722 turkeys or something. Is that right? Right around 722 turkeys to six schools with handwritten thank you notes saying thank you for what you do. I love that. And as I think about Thanksgiving, I think about the leftovers. So I go through the line. I get all this food on my plate, you know, and your eyes are always bigger in your stomach. Any of you guys like that? Your eyes are bigger in your stomach. Man. You're loading the plate. Oh, yeah. And then you think, oh, I hope some of those sweet potatoes are still left behind. I want to come back and get some more of those later. Watch a little football, maybe take a little nap, come back and hit the sweet potatoes. God doesn't do leftovers. He doesn't. He never has. And he never will. 
God isn't into what's left. He's into what's first. Because first equals faith. So when I give God what's left over, it doesn't take much faith to scrape the bottom of what's left and give it to God. What takes faith is to give him the first and say, now, God, I trust you for the rest. The first belongs to him. The, the first of the Ten Commandments is that we're to have no other gods before him. Do you know that? No other gods before him. That's the first. God must absolutely be first. No exceptions to it. I want to give you, last week we talked about the principle of the tithe. And I said, you know what, in this series, I want to talk about money. And, and this isn't like, give, 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 you need to give more. This isn't what we want from you. This is what God wants for you. Because when you honor God with the first and the best in your life, and you guys have done that by being here today. Could have been doing a bunch of other things. How many need to put up Christmas, um, Christmas decorations? I almost said Christmas directions. <laughs> Christmas decorations. How, how many got to get ready for Thanksgiving? You got family coming in town. You got to clean the house. You got to get ready. You know, yes, there's a lot to do. But what you have done today is you say, God, I've got a lot to do this week. But I want to give you the first part of my week. And that's what God is into. So we talked about the principle of the tithe. There's two other principles in scripture that teaches, that teaches us um, about this principle. The first and if you can get this down, you can be blessed. Someone turn to somebody and say, I want to be blessed. Turn to someone else. Say, are you blessed? I asked someone one time, I said, how are you doing? I said, how are you doing? And they said, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I said, give me some of that. Too blessed to be stressed. God wants you to live a blessed life. God has more for you. That alone right there ought to get you excited. That alone, if you're discouraged, ought to get you up. That alone, if you feel defeated, ought to put a little victory inside of you. Because God has more in store for you. He does. So we're going to talk about the principle of the firstborn and the principle of the first fruits. I want you to take notes. Would you do it? Get out your phone. Get out your notepads. I want you to take notes. I'm going to give some scripture. We're going to go quick. I've got... Kind of like Thanksgiving. I got a lot on the table today. And if you will take this down and then go through it this week, God will strengthen you and your faith will grow. The principle of the firstborn. Exodus. Exodus 13, 1 through 2. Then the Lord said to Moses, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. Dedicate. That's what Steph and I did with Jaden. We dedicated him to God. When he was born, right there. When Riley was born, when Gavin was born, right there. When we were in the hospital, right after birth, I'm praying, saying, God, Lord, Stephan, I give this child to you. This is your child. We dedicate this child to you. God said to Moses, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born, both humans and animals. And look what he says, belongs to me. The first belongs to me. To God. So the firstborn, the firstborn must be sacrificed 
or redeemed. Let me explain it this way. So the Jews, the Jews had animals. The firstborn was, the firstborn was given. If it was a clean animal, if it was a clean animal, if this was a, a sheep, and God had all these, God had all these, the structure for his people. How many like structure? How many do really good? You're organized. You like structure in your life. God is about structure. And so God provided him with structure. And God says, I'm going to bless you. Now listen, if you have a sheep, the firstborn sheep, that sheep is to be sacrificed. But that sheep was important to them for food, for wealth, for their family, for clothes. That sheep was, when that first one came, it was like, yes. And God said, I want it. Give me the first. You're like, no, no. God said, give it to me. And if it was an unclean animal, then it had to be redeemed. The unclean had to be redeemed. Are you with me? So the firstborn, let's say they, they had a, a donkey over here, one a clean animal, and the firstborn belonged to God. So that firstborn donkey, they couldn't sacrifice that donkey. It was an unclean animal. They come over here, and they would sacrifice a clean animal for the unclean. The clean got sacrificed for the unclean. And it was to be a picture or a roadmap that one day God would send the precious Lamb of God, His Son Jesus, who would be clean spotless without sin, who would be sacrificed, the clean, for the unclean. Are you following with me? So from the very beginning, God was trying to teach his people what's first, right? God was trying to teach his people what's first. And it's the principle of the firstborn. The first belonged to God. So the clean had to be sacrificed, and the unclean had to be redeemed, Aren't you thankful that Jesus was sacrificed so we could be redeemed? Bought back. You get an iTunes gift card for Christmas. You take it and you redeem it. And that card is there and it has a code. But you got to put the code in and you got to redeem it. You, you, you're getting the value back. What God did through Jesus is God gave us our value back. What sin took from us, God redeemed us back. Again, I'm thankful Jesus was sacrificed. In other words, I could say this. Jesus is God's tithe. In fact, Colossians 1.16 says he was the firstborn. So Jesus is God's tithe. God gave his first. God gave his best. Then why should we not return and give God our first and our best? Then why should 85% of Jesus, self-claimed Jesus followers struggle with being obedient to God. When God doesn't need your money. God wants your heart. And where your heart is. There will your treasure be also. God wants you to trust him. God wants you to say. Lord I, I don't know what's coming next. This is all I got right now. And God says I know what you got. I could just preach right here boy. Oh talk about the lady in the oil. With Elijah. But I won't. I got to stay focused. Somebody's praying for me. God gave Jesus first in faith before you and I ever believed. Now, God's all knowing. God knows the beginning from the end because he is the beginning and he is the end. He's the alpha and the omega and everything in between. He's the great I am. But God gave his son Jesus before any of us believed. Faith puts God first. That's what I'd write down if I were you. Faith puts God first. Faith puts God first. That's the principle of the firstborn. The first belongs to God. 
Then there's the principle of the first fruits. Exodus 23, 19. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house. Can we get these verses up on the screen? Can we get the verses up on the screen, please? I want everyone to be able to see what I see. Thank you. As you harvest, this is Exodus 23, 19. As you harvest, there we go, now it's up. As you harvest your crops, bring the very, say the next word, best. Of the next word, first. And the harvest is funny. Deer hunting, they call it a harvest. All right, I learned something there. How about that, Rodney? The harvest, and where do we bring our best, and where do we bring our first? We bring our best and our first harvest to the, oh my gosh. Where do we bring it? I thought it said United Way. I thought it said Big Brothers. See, those things are good, and we ought to give to that. But you don't give God's first to that. God's first, which is your first that he's given to you, and your best, it comes to the house of the Lord, to the house. See, tithing is God's divine financial plan to accomplish his purpose. And so if you are not helping God, what do you think you're doing? Someone once said, like, if you're not with me, you're, uh-huh. So we bring our first, and we bring our best, and, and our first is our best, because we, we're, like, struggling with the rest. We're like, Lord, we don't think the rest is enough. He's like, you just bring me the best, and I'll cover your rest. In fact, I will bless the rest, and I will reverse the curse if you have enough faith to put me first. Exodus 23, 19. Now, you can hear today. You can get excited and say, amen. What are you going to do when Satan says, oh, you don't got enough money? You don't need to give. That's a lot of money. Now, I'm just returning. It's red box. It's not mine. I'm giving it back. And the longer I hang on to it, the more it's going to cost me. I love you. You still love your pastor? I'm telling you the truth. This isn't my stuff. And I'm not telling you this so I can get a raise. I'm not telling you this, 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 this or that. I'm telling that so you can get raised from dead to life. Because you think you're okay right now, you wait till God blesses your finances. Right? Like there's a couple sitting here today who, I want to tell you something, I would never embarrass them. But before we ever had our first gathering, we had dinner with them on Pensacola Beach. And they said, man, we want to be a part of this church. They said, we've been setting this aside. This is our first. This is our best. This is our tithe. And we want to give it to the church. Guess what? God had called us to move out. We didn't have, there was no one supporting us financially. God put it on their heart to trust him, to obey, to leave, to come help us. And they were being obedient, setting this aside. God's like, they're, they're praying over, over the church situation. God's like, you just keep putting your tithe right there. I'm going to show you what to do with it. And he come Tim and Stephanie. We're like, God, we don't know. Like, we're just following you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And God's like, I got you. Because you trust me, Tim. And that gift that was given to the church helped us in the very beginning. When you give to God, God's kingdom advances. 
I don't know if you know this or not, but there are people that, that wake up at 3 a.m. on Sunday morning. 3 a.m. Not to go to the bathroom. There are those people, too. Raise your hand at no, don't, I'm just messing, I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing. I was just joking. No, no, no. To get up and get ready to prepare the house. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I always tell it when white people in the house say, woo! I love it. The house. One day, and I believe this with all my heart, we're going to buy land. We're going to build a building, and we're going to pay for it cash. We're not going to finance nothing. We're not going to finance nothing. Because the tithe is God's financial, finance, in the word financial, God's people returning God's money to God's house is God's financial system for his kingdom. People say, man, I, you know, I, boy, it'd be great one day when we, we get a building. Yeah, I, I get this about the building. There's nothing important just about the building. Like, like I've got God in me. Like God lives in me. We build a building. That's amazing. We ought to build a house for the Lord. And yet God is in me. As I become obedient, what happens is I say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with my finances. And then God's kingdom advances. And you want to be a part of that. I'm looking at the couple right now that we had lunch with. When they gave to us, I'm telling you, all I had was butterflies in my stomach. I was was chewing my fingernails worse than LeBron James, man. I don't know if y'all ever watch him play ball, man, but you see him sitting over there. He's like, (laughs) I was chewing my fingernails. I was praying. I was like, Lord Jesus, I know you've called us, but this doesn't make sense. When he calls you, if it makes sense, he might not have called you. How about that one? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That'll smoke a while. God's into calling us to do Things that we are like, what? You want me to do what? He's like, "Mm -hmm." you know why? Because then he gets the glory. He gets the glory. And God's all about the first and the best. You want to be part of the kingdom of God? Then be part of his financial plan. And that is by saying, God, I'm going to trust you with what's first and what's best in my life. The principle of the firstborn, the principle of first fruits. What do we bring? We bring the best. Where do we bring it? To the house. When do we bring it? We bring it first, not last. Proverbs 3, 5 through 12 from the message. Listen to these verses. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out. or Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Here's what I was doing in the woods this week. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. We ate at a barbecue restaurant the other day. And uh, yesterday, coming through Memphis, and um, the guy that owns the barbecue restaurant is a pastor. And his barbecue restaurant was just had God's anointing. Can I say it like that? Just God's blessing, God's favor all over that restaurant. It was unbelievable. This man was filled in love with Jesus. And he's leveraging a barbecue restaurant for God's glory. He smoked eight turkeys and took them out and fed them to homeless children. The other day, isn't that awesome? We walked in and the glory of God was there. We were going for barbecue. God was already ahead of us. And I thought, here's a guy who's listening for God's voice in everything he does and everywhere he goes. You can do the same. You're a lawyer, you're a school teacher, you're a coach, you're a principal. 
you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a surgeon, you're a business owner, you're a CEO, you're a leader, you're a community leader, you're a politician. Listen, you can write where you are, you can listen for God's voice, and you can leverage your influence for the glory of God. Right where you are. You work for Mary Kay, be the best Mary Kay director you ever could be. You're just getting started. You say, I'm going to come over here. Some of y'all do thrive. You say, I'm going to start this. Some of you, I saw when we pulled in, um, there's a, a vehicle out there with nutrition on the back. Advocare. Advocare. If you're in Advocare, then be the best you can be for the glory of God. If you're a football coach, win a state championship. Get after it. Be the very best. You stay at home, be the best stay-at-home mom you can be. Those kids, those are arrows. Mm. Everywhere you go, he is the one who will keep you on track. It's like when I went to Walt Disney World and I was, good night, I think I may have been like nine years old and I stand in line and they had these go-karts and I never driven a go-kart and I, I didn't know, man. I was like, I don't know if I can do, drive this go-kart. I sure want to try. Turn me loose. I didn't know there was a track underneath the go-kart that would keep me on track. When you get God's favor on your life, make no mistake, there will be a track underneath your life that will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Some of you today, listen, Satan's following you because you're flirting with him. Quit flirting with the devil. Quit inviting him to bed. And then wondering why your life's so screwed up. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Who wants health in here? Raise your hand. I want health. Don't you want health? If you run to God and if you run from evil, your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Dear God, sign me up. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. There it is again. Your barns will burst. I saw a lot of barns. I can't talk today. So a lot of barns in Missouri, big barns, beautiful barns. Barns are for storage. Barns are, they put the hay in there. They put the animals in there. Barns protect your investment. God says, you want your investment protected? Your barns will burst and your wine vats will brim over. But don't, dear friend, resent God's discipline. Now, this is in context of talking about returning the first and the best. If you don't do that, what's going to happen? Discipline. That's why it's in here. Don't resent God's discipline. Don't sulk or pout under his loving, loving correction. Side note here, I just feel God speaking in my heart. If you have kids, you ought to correct them. You ought to correct them. Don't just try to be their best friend. Be their bestie. Be their mama. Be their daddy. Raise them up, but do it with loving correction. Don't do it with hate in your heart. Loving correction, because that's how the Father does for us. It's a child that God loves that he corrects. A father's delight is behind all this. I'm going to give you a few illustrations, and we're out. All right, so we're talking about the, the principle of the firstborn. The first belongs to God. Now the principle of the first fruits. Anyone remember these two guys, Cain and Abel? Who killed who? Navarre, who killed who? Cain killed Abel. Now, their mom and daddy were who? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. 
And any, anyone remember the story there? Can I read it to you? Genesis 4, 3 through 5 in the NLT. This is a great illustration to help us understand the principle of the first fruits. When it was time for the harvest, Genesis 4, 3 through 5. Genesis 4, 3 through 5. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops. I'm sorry. Can we get this, the verse on the screen? Man, I hate to do that again. I just, not everyone has a Bible, and this is so important. I know you, Genesis 4, 3 through 5. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops. Somebody say the word some. Hmm. Hmm. That's the story right there. Some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. He thought he was giving a gift to God because he's giving God some. Abel also brought a gift. The someone say the word best. The best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. Someone say best. Someone say firstborn. Mm-hmm. This passage of scripture has both the principle of the firstborn and the first fruits in it. Abel also brought a gift to the Lord, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Why? Because he brought the first. You see that? But God did not accept Cain or his gift. This made Cain very angry. And he looked dejected. This was 2,500 years before the law was written. Some people say, well, tithing, that's a law thing. Jesus came to give us grace, and then that was the law. We're out from underneath the law, and I don't got to do that. I just kind of sprinkle whatever I want to sprinkle, whenever I want to sprinkle. That's how, that's how I do it. No, no, no. You don't play by your rules. Now, I'm only talking to Jesus followers today. If you're here and you don't believe in Jesus, you don't have to do this. If, if you do, you'll be blessed. But, like, you're off the hook today. I'm talking to those who name the name of Jesus. 2,500 years before the law was given, and we see the principle of the firstborn and the principle of the firstfruits. God never settles for second. Never settles for second. God only knows first. And I want to ask this question. Is it really faith to give to God after we see that we have enough? Is that really faith to go ahead and give to God after we see, okay, I'm okay, God. I got what I need here, God. Now, I'm going to give you some. That's what Cain did. You know the story. Cain killed Abel. Cain had this anger come over his heart. Anger will lead to some bad places. I told you last week, Malachi 3, 6 through 12, talks about the tenth, the first, returning the first to God because it belongs to him. Listen to this. I love this. Jacob speaking to God. Genesis 28, 22. And this memorial pillar I have set up, it will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Tithing is God's system to finance his mission and accomplish his purpose. You see, the first has the power to bless the rest. 
God says, give me the first. Some people say, you know, man, well, tithing was under the law. Well, Jesus said this. He said, man, you've heard it said this. Matthew penned these words. Matthew was a tax collector turned radical Jesus follower. And Matthew tells us this, that Jesus said in a message one time, he said, you've heard it said of old time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote King James because this is how I memorized it. Thou shall not kill. But I say unto you, whoever has hate in his heart towards his brother is guilty of murder. You've also heard it said in the past, you've heard it said, um, do not commit adultery. But I'm telling you that whoever looks at a woman and lusts after her in his heart, he's already committed adultery. What Jesus did under grace was raise the bar, not lower it. So if 10% pre-law, now we got Jesus That's where the word offering comes into place. See, God's looking to bless people who say, God, I realize all this money you've given me, whether it's a little bit or a lot, is your money. You've blessed me. You've given me the energy to work, the wisdom to work, the knowledge, the skill. Every day I wake up, every breath is a gift from you. And so everything I have, I'm not really an owner. I'm just kind of more like a steward. So I'm supposed to steward what you have entrusted me with. And so I'm not just going to be like, how many pennies, babe, before you write that? All right, before you give them a lot, how many pennies? Are you over here checking it out, 10%? No, 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 we gave 10 pennies too much. No, 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 like, like, no, 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 no. No, no, grace is more than that. You really want God to bless your finances? Then play a game with God and see if you can outgive him. You hear what I'm saying today? There are people here today, that, that's the only way out of the pit that you're in is to play. And I'm not talking about gambling. I'm not talking about buying them lottery tickets. I bought one one time. I told the Lord, Lord, I give it. Y'all remember we did it in a, in a gathering, did it as an illustration. I said, God, if this is a million-dollar winner, whoever I pull up out of the crowd, Lord, I'm going to give it to them. That was crazy. Bought a lottery ticket. But some people buy lottery tickets, and they're like, oh, oh, oh Jesus, let this be the one. In fact, the guy did that. D.L. Moody is an awesome evangelist. And this man played the lottery, and he won the lottery, and he won big. And he went to D.L. Moody. And he, you know, back then, man, you know, um, I don't think there they were, a, how do I want to say this? <laughs> yeah, so this guy comes to D.L. Moody, and he comes to D.L. Moody, and he won all this money. And he's like, uh, he's like, D.L. Moody, I won all this money. What should I do? And he said, give it to God. The devil had that money long enough. Give it to God. I'm not talking about scratching and hoping, oh, I hope I want to pay. Oh, I hope, man, I hope retirement's not worked out very well. Oh, Jesus, come on, bless us. No, no, no. No, you play a game with God and see if you can outgive him. It's simple. It's real simple. Anyone here know what I'm talking about to be true? Stand up and give the Lord a hand. If you know what I'm telling to be true today, if you're a living testimony of how God has blessed you because you've trusted him, and you say, God, I may not have much, but little is much when God is in it. Mm-hmm. You may be seated. Can you trust him today? Can you trust him with heads bowed and eyes closed?